0: Rolls to the boys. Back to Kingsley. Carlson twice. The effort. No! Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, now in their 150th year and therefore celebrating their. <clears throat> give me one moment. Sisquasin. Centennial.
1: Oh, we've done this before, haven't we? Yeah, um, um, we've we've tried this before, and I think we uh, we probably screwed it up as much back then as well.
0: Uh, I, I'm joined today by a couple of fellas who who weren't around for the centennial celebrations, um, but we were all here for the Quosquas Centennial. Oh geez which is the hundred twenty fifth anniversary. Back at the uh, at the end of the millennium, what nineteen ninety nine and. Um, I, Mister Millennial, Laurie Dunser, uh, firstly joined by Mister Gen X, Mark Donaldson.
1: Do you know that's where Billy Idol kind of began his career? Was the musical starting point Generation X, the band? So that'll that'll do for me. That's kind of that that makes us in this age bracket pretty trendy, I think, along with you youngsters, <laughs>
0: youngsters. Um, well, you uh, are. Look- yeah, well, it's, everything's relative, isn't it?
1: Yes. Um, but what is Scott? I've always wondered this. My man- fello-
0: Scott McIntosh is a, is a fellow millennial.
1: He's young then. You sound older than you you are then, Mr. McIntosh. I'd I, I ju- I just make the cut. I, I would oh. rather be Gen X if I'm being completely
2: honest. Cause Better music. Yes, yes, I would probably say that. Uh, but yeah, just made the cut by a couple of years for the millennial, and I forget that because I constantly take jibes at millennials online, and then I have to remind myself that you are I am one. myself a millennial. Mm.
0: Yeah, it does. It, I think it lasts quite a while. It's till like the mid nineties, so there's quite a broad spectrum there, isn't there? Um, but 150 years, you know, we we've, we've not really got onto that yet. We've had one episode for the. The year so far, but 150th anniversary year for Hearts. That's quite a a momentous yeah. occasion, isn't it? I know there's lots of 150th celebration events going on, but it's quite a quite a big
1: thing. Not many. proud. Yeah, yeah. Eight Scottish Cups, four championships, four League Cups. That still sticks in the craw. The 1962-63 season, Norrie Davidson. It gets mentioned too often. Uh, it's, it's, we need to do better than that. and when you play like that in a semi-final of a League Cup that ain't going to happen but it, it's a competition that, that St Mirren defeat in 2012-2013 that, that was a scunner as well that would be the one thing and obviously we want another Scottish Cup win but this the, the jobby cup we need to do better than that and then it'll stop being known as the jobby cup once we win it
0: well it's been going since what 46
1: 46, 47, yeah. And our four came in the,
0: what, the <laughs> first 16 years. 16 or 17 years, years of it. Ooh. And and then for the preceding 60, we've not won one. But no. I, I guess it's one of the depressing things, I suppose, is that the next 150 years of Hearts are, are, are unlikely to be as successful overall than the 150 of due to... Well, a I couple of things. Will,
1: wise. Yeah, but will Rangers and Celtic still be in playing in Scottish football in what 150 that? years' time? Because if they're not, then it opens it right up. The other thing is as well: will Hearts still be fan-owned? I hope they are, because if they still are, then they'll be the oldest fan-owned club in the, possibly in the world. But will they still
2: be waiting up? on this website? They keep promising us.
1: You were your sly eggs last <laughs> week. It was about. <laughs> <laughs> signing players and managers of kickback this week, you're straight in. See, this is the real Scott. I think it's taken you a few weeks and a couple of months just to warm up. Now you're like, fuck it.
2: You've got to have a little bit of a laugh at these sorts of things.
1: Yes. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> Here's the invigilator coming from the back of the room. We, we Gunsire, will a laugh Employed by you. the club. All yes. right, let's just keep this on the same track. We don't want yep. any phone calls or WhatsApp. Exactly. Or... Simmer, simmer down, simmer down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will have a laugh or two, I'm sure, um, this week, as long as it's within the boundaries that I set out. Um, <laughs> yes, second episode of 2024. No game to review and no game to preview. So this week we're going to have a little chat about, about some some transfer chatter, some Transfer rumors, well yeah, we'll get in, stuck into the rumor mill it's not a it's not a very busy mill just now it's quite a <laughs> um quite a dusty and empty mill at the, at the moment we'd we'd like a bit more We'll maybe get you guys to give us some rumors to stick into that mill um I was gonna make a I was gonna make a rumor mill sound effect for the section, but one the section was gonna be quite small and two I wasn't quite sure what sound to use. It's obviously, at different kinds of mills,
1: like a paper mill in Pennycook,
0: yeah, you get so a sawmill, is, yeah. You get a water mill. So I mean, yeah,
1: you do. What you get pe- if, pebble if- mill, pebble mill at one for those of a a certain vintage. Um, well, I can put like, a sound like in. Sc-
0: yeah. What would it be? Come with you. What would, if you thought of what sound effect would best represent a mill? S-
1: snoring right now because there's no action at the Dr- mill. No, but I Seriously. mean, but there might be action at the moment. Cogs, so... cogs turning,
0: cogs turning. That's quite a vague sound, though, isn't it? That could. Oh, for fuck's cog's... sake!
1: Cogs. What are you turning. after here? You want a specific not... paper mill sound? Well, why don't well, I ask the Pennycook Press in Pennycook? Oh, come on! Now. It's a Hearts podcast. You're taking. Come on, son. Just okay. insert a sound effect. I'll, I'll, I'll think of something. Okay, so this week we'll talk about.
0: Transfers, rumours, but we're also going to do a squad assessment. So we're going to talk about the current
1: Hearts Dunshire, hmm, Donaldson, hmm, McIntosh, McGowan. Uh, not here, sir. <laughs> McGowan. Every, everyone else is. Remember him? Remember Ryan McGowan back in the day? Yeah, yeah, we will be back on soon enough.
0: But uh, yeah, we're going to talk about squad assessment. So, um, it was a question that was posed to us a few weeks ago. We're going to get to that now. We're just going to go through the Hearts players and, um. Consider where, where we rank them. We asked about this last week, so we've had um, we've had some feedback from yourselves, the listeners, so we're going to get to that. Uh, and I guess something else might pop up. You never know. It sometimes does on Scarves that are In the Funnel, but uh, without further ado, let's get cracking. <laughs> You're listening to Scarves that are In the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald's Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So... First up, let's let's get to the mill of whatever description. Mm. Okay, the rumor mill is um, slowly kicking into action. Um, but uh, let's start with one that we kind of threw out there last time, and you know, not to you know, not to blow our own trumpet, but I mean, you know, we've we've been influenced, we've been influencers before in this sense. But um, we have, we have the, the the name that we threw out there because we like the look of them and. Let's not pretend that we're the only people throwing his name out. There are lots of Hearts fans were when they saw him. But Jan Danda was a player that we talked about being a potentially interesting opportunity for Hearts if they were to to go in for him as a signing his contract up at the end of the season. Um, and now the 25-year-old is apparently, if you believe what you read in the papers, um, is being looked at by Hearts on a pre-contract agreement from Ross County. Although... It sounds like Ross County are keen not to sell them in January, which is understandable given they've got a potential relegation battle to the deal with. Uh, James Cairday did a a good piece on Danda on the excellent heart standard, which you can read yourself at heartstandard.co.uk. I'll take some snippets from here because obviously we've kind of largely put our thoughts out there on Danda last time. So, um, James Kenny talks about a player on the rise. He says, since joining County from Swansea City in the summer of 2022, Danda has registered eight goals and 14 assists in 60 appearances. A fine record, particularly for someone plying their trade towards the bottom of the premiership, but not the sort of return to provoke a frantic bidding war. But when we dig a little deeper, we can see how impressive Danda has really been. Um, Now, he goes into some information, has some some good... uh, graphs and visual displays in here, but he says um he finds himself in the 97th percentile for key passes, that's passes that lead to a shot per 90, and the 93rd percentile for expected assists. And I know we don't always like all these metrics, but that's basically measuring the quality of chances a player makes per game, regardless of whether it's um finished with a shot that goes into the back of the net. That's from open play. Um, he is the man to play that all-important final pass and more often than not, he finds his intended target. He also goes on um, to reference players who've played at least 600 minutes and says only three players, players—Louis uh, Palma, Danny Armstrong and David Turnbull have generated a higher expected assist rate per 90 than Danda in the entire league. He averages 2.52 key passes per 90, the sixth best in the division and scores um, high for deep progressions only five non-Old Firm players rank higher. So, Jan mm. Danda, we, we we were interested in uh, um, Mark, me and you, but yeah. Scott, you were maybe not so convinced. Are you? Are you feeling him a bit more that, that it's real? Oh, it because- I mean, the I, I think the I
2: was being a bit conservative, more around whether the club, whether he would fall under what the club are currently looking at. Uh, yeah, you said think, you would sign him. You, you yeah, know, I mean, I, I certainly certainly rate him as a player, uh, but I think the, uh, the reluctance to get too giddy about it was probably due to the fact that I didn't know really what the club was looking for in, in terms of either, uh, especially January, uh, I think I mentioned, you know, looking January. at a central midfielder, but possibly, you know, looking at, at the end of the season with a view to bringing somebody in long term. And I, I still think that'll be the case. I, I think... To be, to be fair to Ross County, they're well within their rights to say to us, you know, if, if you want them, you'll need to pay <laughs> yeah. three, four hundred thousand. Because let, let's be honest, we've we've all, you know, moaned about Rangers trying to get Shanklin in on the cheap yeah. uh, when when we obviously value on a certain amount in terms of European qualification, I think. Yandanda certainly could be a, a difference maker between Ross County staying up or going down. So I think they're well within their rights to ask for a decent amount of money and try and
1: keep oh, them yeah. there till the summer. Especially yeah. when you see Dundee United's recent um, profit loss column and what what they owe and the difference between the Championship and the yeah. Premier League. So we can talk about Shankland staying being worth at least $5 million to us if he gets us to finish third whatever that is commensurate to Ross County playing in the top flight or Ross County playing in the championship, that he's as yeah. vital to them as, as Shankland is to us. So let's let's see both sides of the story here.
0: Yeah. No, no, I I, I totally agree with that. And um, yeah, we would be go the other way with
1: it, as Scott mentioned, no. with with Shankland. Uh,
0: you know what I would do, Laurie?
1: I'd I'd, I'd, I'd send a fax, not to Dundee because they wouldn't receive it. I'd send a fax to Rangers. I'd offer half a million for Tavernier. Fuck I mean, just... well, But but that's that's what it's like, right? Tongue in cheek there. But it, it's like Celtic and Rangers fans thinking, oh, we, we'll, we'll bet one and a half for Shanklin, two million for Shanklin. Well, he's worth far more than that. So what happens if a Saudi team or another team for Tavernier came in and, and went low? Th- that's what we have to be careful of not what doing. What is the
0: official, Canada? like, these days? Like, if you make mm-hmm. an offer, I would like to know what... It must because... be emailed. You would think it is, but do you have to like put it in a specific like form or
1: something if it to make it like legit? Headed notepaper.
0: Do you know, like, when I was like, when I was younger, I always thought there was a list. It was like you know the transfer list. I thought it was genuine list you could just look at, like, written. like after somewhere. someone. Can we go and check the list? See who's on there. Obviously, <laughs> obviously the list would have to be like gargantuan if you're going to talk about world football, but. In my when I was younger, I always thought there
1: was just this genuine list that football clubs have access to, and it's like, go and check the transfer list. That, and then, do you know, know what, that that would actually be a good homework question. When you were growing up, what did you think was a real thing? Like, you thought a transfer list actually existed, that'd be pretty cool to do as as homework. Well, it,
0: and it goes back from you um, fear
1: Romanov had a, a big
2: list, but it wasn't a list, it was like an office memory. Had yeah, the
1: Wikipedia. <laughs> It is dossier players and he, Brazil and
0: that, and he said he was going to spend ten million pounds on a player. Yeah, um, did he? Well, I,
1: he said ten million. Did he specify which currency? That's true. By the no, way, I, just quickly, quickly going back to um, you, you were talking about the the piece with James about Yann Danda, and you've got expected goals and all things like that that the Gen Z community are really heavily involved yeah. in. Um, the millennials yeah. are are kind of into a different way of things, and us Gen X. Um, Old farts. For for me, I, I get all that. I would never dismiss something because it's not something I'm interested in. That's that's just rude. I just think one of the best things is the eye test. And the eye test for me with Yandanda Danda is is someone that he, he pops. He's good. Yeah, yeah, he's all right. he's
2: he, mixing he the two a is probably the best yeah, way to go, Of, eh? of I course, I is. The, the, of course it is. The quite good, especially if you consider that Jan Dander's got to rely on Simon Murray and Jordan White putting away his chances. Mm-hmm. I think it's only fair that we get to see how many chances he's creating well, Exactly. Just so, well, here, I only watch
0: Jordan White against Hart. So Jordan, I, I only against
2: Jordan White only scores against Hart. I think having having access to those types of stats are fine, but you're, you're right, Mark. I think you know the, the eye test has to sort of integ- be integrated in with that as well. I think that's what um, that.
0: I think that's what football clubs, a lot of them do now is they use data to source players as an initial yeah, and then like, here's, eye test. Yeah, here's the funny. ten players that we've sourced yeah. that by the stats meet what we're looking for, and then you do the the eye test and you watch the videos and you see if the stats kind of add up. Um, It's funny, I just had this flashback So I was talking about thinking as a transfer list. Um, One of the first football manager games I played, is before I um, played Chapman on the PC was uh, my mate had Premier Manager I think it was on the Mega Drive Um, and we obviously used to both play it but basically there was not much in the way of negotiations back then so as soon as you kind of went in for a player you were going to get them. So the way we worked it was we'd open the transfer list and it would show who's available to buy and we basically had to it was who says the name first. So you saw like Rude Hoolet in the transfer season. I got I've got Hoolet. That was that one. That was it. So you had to shout out who you get first. So um maybe maybe that could be the way that transfers are
1: done. Or you, going uh, back to football manager, the Kevin Tom ZX Spectrum game back in the day, Kevin Reeves and all the old boys. It's kind of evolved since then. And I agree. I think there was a bit of the eye test and, and certainly, um, a bit of the, what do they call them? Not the metronomics. What is it? The just stats or XGs. And I mean, the bottom thing is when the shit's hitting the fan and Tynecastle is just ablaze with angry fans, that doesn't show up anywhere that someone's willing to take a pass in midfield. Um, despite the, the hate and vitriol at the team's performance coming down from the home support as we go through a slump. That's just, that's that's part of the eye test. How do they go when the going gets tough? Nope.
0: Okay. So what, what I'm going to do, we'll, we'll do the rumour mill um, a few times through January. And now what I'm going to do is we need to say if we think um, the rumour is is legitimate or not. So what I thought we could do, now i was trying to think of someone, what rumour ended up come into fruition um and took a while. So I I, I thought you won Oshaniwa. You know the one where it's like we're gonna get a World Cup star, we're gonna get him, blah blah blah. Obviously he, t- <laughs> he ended up being terrible. But um so let's say we, we rate the rumors Osh or Tosh.
1: <laughs>
0: How does that work? Obviously Tosh being not not reference to Tosh McKinley, but in reference to being Steve Robert Tosh. Tosh. Um so uh, Osh being we think the rumor has merit or Tosh okay. being no okay so yeah, Danda. Um, is this another quiz
1: that Scott's going to win?
0: This is not a quiz. No, this is us just <laughs> deciding. So, are we are we going Osh or Tosh for Yeah, okay. Danda?
1: Oh, Osh. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I'd it. say Osh. Yeah, Osh, Osh for Danda. Okay, Osh. Or um, let's tosh. see. Wait, I, I, is that what this has come to? Episode yes. two hundred and seventy-seven. Osh or Tosh?
0: Um, we've actually, we unofficially, we've done three hundred episodes now. Do you know that last week was the three hundredth, but it's not officially because some of them have been extra episodes and we've had some shirts around the funnel in there as well but 300. Anyway Next. Okay so I've managed it's really hard to dig out some decent rumours so I, here's <laughs> yeah. one I found on Kickback and that's, okay. that's how much I've been Scott <laughs> say back. nothing So I, I found one in one of the, um I think it's the winter transfer thread, this is someone who I'd never heard of actually but I liked his okay. name Um if I can say it that is uh, Dexter uh, Lembekisa Now, this is a right back who is contracted to Wolves. He's been on loan at Rotherham and they were keen to hang on to him, but Wolves have recalled him in January. So he's 20 years of age, right back quite well thought of. I I, I looked at some, (laughs) I followed this up by looking at some um, news stories today and I've I've got some bullets from here. Wolverhampton Wonders have recalled Dexter Lembekisa from his loan spell at Rotherham, intending to sell uh, send him on loan to another Championship side. Okay, we're immediately on the back foot here. Um, several clubs, including West Brom, Ipswich, Middlesbrough, Blackburn, and Norwich, have shown interest in Lembekisa. Um, his loan spell at Rotherham has been a success, adding to his senior appearance tally, um, having played twenty seven times for the club. So, um, I. I I'm immediately thinking this is probably a tosh, given what these news... Uh, it's not to say that the news stories are accurate, they aren't always, but um, Dexter Lembekisa, what are you feeling about this one. I think somebody's been
2: having a, a bit of a look on Football Manager and they've looked at his stats and thought, <laughs> well, if we could get him, it would be good, because uh, he looks pretty decent on that. Uh, it'd also be quite good to add someone to our, our Jamaican ranks of ex hartradio Yeah, just so seven, caps, seven, so yeah, caps. seven caps. So yeah, uh, Adam, so especially Simpson and Fuller. So, so yeah, yeah, I'd I mean, like to any think
1: that... Apart from those two? Nah, I Simpson think really
0: Fuller, two... That must be the only ones, I'm sure. Uh, I think so. I'd
2: like to think uh, it's Osh, but I'm I'm pretty much 99.9% sure it's just Dodge. He's...
1: I wouldn't be surprised if we got someone like that. I mean, it's, that's similar to Odell Fire, someone that's yeah, I don't want to bring up someone from England on loan that's going to take a few weeks to get up to speed. I want someone that, like Dexter, has been playing in the Championship or another yeah. League One league, so he's he's ready to go because we need that right now. Yeah. When that's a that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: twenty-seven appearances a season in the English Championship, um, even if he's playing for one of the struggling teams in the in the division. That's a a good sort of return for for someone. So. um it would be nice, but we're going we're going tosh on that one. So I've got one more. You know, Again, if you're listening and you think, oh, this, here's some more rumours, feel free to tweet us at Around the Funnel or, or email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. We'll add them into the rumour mill. These can be as far-fetched as you like or as realistic as you like. The last one is probably a fairly realistic one. So I've, I've, this one has been mentioned on Kickback and I saw it doing the rounds on Twitter a little as well. Um, another right-back but someone who we've seen a little bit more of this is Ryan Strain, mm. who twenty six plays for St Mirren. Of course, turns twenty seven and April. Australian international now, um, confirmed in December that he would have to go undergo surgery at a serious groin injury that was keeping him out for three months. It was confirmed then, so he's still out for a couple of months. But has been quite a good addition to St Mirren. Um, he's got five goals for them, three of them against Hearts. So he does like playing against us. Hopefully he would potentially like playing for us if we went down that way. I noticed Liam Stewart on Twitter had posted some comparisons between him and Atkinson. And these are defensive comparisons. And they actually favoured Atkinson quite a bit. I don't know if either of you saw these. It was like But he's out At- for two months. He's so out for a bit, so he's, he's not going to be... He's, he's coming a- back, a and that, and that
1: he's yeah. already back. Yeah, so he's
0: not going to be an immediate. Yeah, so, 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 m- is he the yeah. type of player... Obviously, again, we're going to talk about i the eye test that we've got you know having seen him play against us and potentially in other games in Scotland, you know what are your general feelings if if, if that's going to be a realistic one for Hart?
1: so well, he's out contract done. in the summer isn't he as opposed to is it Danny Armstrong at Kelly who's still under contract so he would cost money I don't know you two have seen strain more than I have um i will bow to your experience like i would I would say tosh
0: okay tosh.
2: Yeah, I, I, I actually I, I don't mind him as a player, uh, I think particular going forward, he's certainly got some attributes from from dead ball situations as well, but I think defensively he's no better than, than that, and I, yeah, I think we can get a permanent right back, I, I like Atkinson, and I'd like him to still be involved with the club, but I do think there's better out there. And I wouldn't place Strain in that category.
0: Okay. I'd probably lean towards Tosh. He'd be someone that if if we were playing the if we were sticking with the back three with wing backs and if Natty was going to be first pick, I think he would be a if he was available and it wasn't a silly fee, he'd be a good potential um competition for the right back place. But if we're looking to better atkinson i agree with you that i've not seen um anything that would suggest to me because he's older as well so you know it would suggest that he's not gonna you know he's about to turn 27 he's not gonna necessarily improve anymore atkinson might have higher resale value etc with his age um so i would yeah are we gonna go tosh with that one We're,
1: honestly yeah. we've got slim pickings yes
0: yeah uh, uh, yep so hopefully next time the rumor mill will have a bit more in it but we've got, well, <laughs> yeah. we've got one one osh two tosh so maybe next time we'll be able to a little bit more in there. Get find a bolsh. <laughs> oh Christ! Let's move on. We're
1: gonna fall, we're to fall, we're we're
0: okay. Next up, we're going to do a little squad assessment. Now, mm-hmm. this is because Ken Moody. Uh, messaged us a few weeks back actually it was um 12th of december he messaged and he, he asked um have you guys in scarves around the funnel ever done a player by player squad assessment in terms of starter squad player development potential past their best injury prone not performing well enough it would be interesting so ken sent that to us and i i put this out there i posed this question on the podcast and i put it out on twitter and i kind of simplified it a little i kind of spoke more about Are they a potential starter, a squad player, a development player or surplus slash move move them on? Um, We'll maybe talk about the injury side of things within that. So Ken himself, I'll start with Ken gave us his list. Now I'm going to go with what he's given us and I've got an email to go to and then we'll have a quick chat through each player just to see what we all think. So Ken's squad assessment, he says starters, Clark Kingsley Cochran Shankland Beningame Kent. He's got starters now too injury prone. Boyce Harring Gordon Mackay
1: Gordon!
0: We'll we'll get to it. I know. We'll get to it. Um Squad players. Jesus. Devlin Rolls Forrest Newenhoff. Development Vargas Oda. Lowry, Denham, Nielsen, Pollock, Smith, Kirk, Tate, Stone, and surplus or move them on. Um, Atkinson, Halliday, Grant, Atkinson, Sticks, Tagawa, McGovern.
1: Yeah, yeah but we'll get to it. Come on, this deserves an an, an interjection. So,
0: I, I guess two of the the big ones that are jumping out for you there, Mister Donaldson, it's... are Gordon as injury prone and. And Atkinson is surplus, I believe, which we can, um, which we'll get to. So I hate that term "injury prone" because it suggests that It
2: kind of <laughs> gives the insinuation that these people are are kind of like cumbersome or like like. I, I well, think uh, people who have been unlucky as cray cats. I'm not quite sure. Injury prone is the best. Yeah, way to I think with them. I.
0: Don't- uh, I don't mind the term injury it. prone, but not. But but but. Craig Gordon had some had some horrific injuries many years ago, which he fully recovered yeah. from. And since he's been back at Hearts, even when he was at Celtic, I mean, but certainly back at Hearts, he's had one unfortunate, and that was
2: an impact injury, impact injury impact as well. Injury. Apart it's, from it's that, it's not like I he's mean, been picking up constant no. like strains or or sort uh, of yeah. pulls or tears. You know, it was just an unfortunate impact injury.
0: So what I would say, I mean, we talk about you know. The other side of it, in defensive, I I agree with you on Gordon, but you know he puts Halkett as injury prone. Now, I like Craig Halkett. However, I think it's more, it's fairer to suggest that Craig Halkett's been injury prone at Hearts. Of
1: course, of 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 course, he's had the same. Now is it the same leg? Because remember, he got hurt in where was I? Switzerland. He got hurt at Tannadice.
0: Because he is, and he's had different ones now as well. Yeah. He was
1: out for a bit in his first
0: season as well. Yeah. So I would say that's, you know, that's the Gordon one I think is unfair. um, But I think, you know, it's fair to suggest that, you know, Craig Halkett has been injury prone. And we'll get to Atkinson because I've got an email here from Grant Haddon. I'm just going to try and, I want to get as much of the feedback from the listeners uh, before we get kind of into it player by player. So Grant Haddon said, um, Uh, This deserved more than a tweet. The squad, in my opinion, is currently bloated with players that don't fit the formation that we play. He says, uh, he's gone through some of them, so he said, potential starters, George Grant, uh, possibly, uh, probably one of our more technical players, not blessed with pace, but feel would operate better than most in our squad as a 10 in a 3-4-1-2 formation that we play at times, should start more for me. Um, Grant says Denham tries too hard at times but is a hard runner and looks to have ability on the ball Um, would be a good foil as an 8 beside a solid 6 like Benny Um, Vargas this is also the potential starter list he says his pace and determination should be utilised as a partner for Shankland and play them as a 2 with a 10 behind them which I think we have done At times, but that's what he said for potential starters For squad players, he's given us some He said, civic, pacey, tall Has the physique of a centre-back But has lapses of concentration that cost um, Right centre-back of a three Or right-back are the best options As a good, versatile squad player Devlin, uh, for me, his passing is at times amateurish And lets him down A willing runner and great at the press But can be positionally naive at times Which leaves midfield partners exposed and his final squad when he's listed, there's Mackay. Could now be that player that comes in when a change of formation is needed, but can't see when he where he fits into the system. Uh, development, he's put Pollock. Looked good before um, the injuries. Only now going to learn from playing. Uh, he's also put Oda and His flashes of potential for me, enough to feel there's a player in there. That's for both. And cert Plus, he's put Halliday. Legs are gone. Haring, injury prone. Lacks mobility now for midfield. And he's put Forrest, although shows good play and willing runner, uh, just looks more often than not lacking in the technique required to play at this level consistently. Um, Grant's gone on to say, right now I see my starting 11 with the squad as a 3-4-1-2. Gordon, Kent, Halkett rolls, back three. Atkinson right, Cochrane left. Denham and Benny in the middle. Grant in the 10 behind Shanklin and Vargas. If we were to play a 4-3-3, Grant has put down Gordon and goals. Atkinson right, Cochrane left, Kent and Halkett in the centre, midfield three of Denham, Benny and Grant and up front Shankland flanked by Oda right and Mackay left Um, he says I agree with what someone sent in on the last show that we are currently getting results but aren't playing well which is a good trait to have but there needs to be flashes of what we can achieve and I just don't see it right now don't get me wrong, winning is winning, uh, which is great. Hopefully in this window we get a few players in to plug the gaps. Right back, ball-carrying midfielder, creative midfielder. For me, we are two or three good signings away from having a great squad. The fight goes on. Hearts, hearts, glorious hearts. Always great listen. Keep up the good work. Regards, Grant. So, um, we'll go through <coughs> player by player, guys. But Any initial thoughts on on, on what we've had there from, from Ken and Grant? Interesting there... Um, Grant's obviously talking about the system. and I don't know if we can at this point say we're going to have one system or the other. I think we need to keep our options open, don't we, on a back yeah. on the back four?
2: Yeah, I would agree. I think the, the other thing I was thinking about, just sort of listening to those two examples as well, was about the categories. And I sometimes think we're, we're talking about starters and squad guys. I think sometimes to make it easier, you just say whether they'll be in the first, a, a, a part of the first team. Uh, out on development or or made surplus because there's certain players that you know there becomes a sort of secondary argument about whether their first picks or sort of squad players. But if you just include them all under the sort of first team banner, it might. I don't know if it just makes it a little bit easier to process. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I've got eleven starters, but six of them are defenders plus Craig Gordon. So. I've kind of done the. I've done a squad of twenty-five with seven development, seven squad, and eleven starters. That leaves six surplus. But uh, the 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 squad is is squad players apart from Xander Clark, Sibic, Grant, Mikhail, Oda Vargas. It's made up of players who we probably get a good game out of one, two times out of four. Um, some more more often than others. So it's 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 difficult because um, what do we want? Do we want a, a main squad? Of, of 25 like they have in, in Spain, um, whereby that is that is including development players. Is 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 that what we're after? Because as a couple of the people have said, at times it's... We're not Ryan McGowan-esque bloated squads back when he played, but we have got a number of, of players and I think Scott's touched on it before. I think we've got a few players... I think we're a bit lopsided in that we've got a few players, probably too many players for certain positions and not enough players for yeah. others.
0: I always think, I always think you want to have two people who can play each position, ideally. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the two people have to both be senior players. It doesn't mean that you can't have a player who can play more than one of those. So, like, you, you do have a player who's covering right back and centre back as a backup, but you need to have two options for every position because every single player could get injured not at the same time but every player has the potential to not be available at some point through injury or suspension or just you know fatigue you need to rotate things it could be that the second person is a development player but they need to you need to be confident that they can step up um that they're not going to be your first pick but if they have to get put in they're not going to be overawed or they're not going to completely be inadequate you know obviously you you understand you're not going to have 22 players who are all at the same level. You're not going to get another Lawrence Shankland, but you need someone else. Like right now, I suppose, before we get to the list, what's the the biggest concern? Last season, or maybe the season before actually, when we were doing well, but certainly um, when we were in third and we were vying for Europe, what was our biggest concern? We kept saying, if Craig Gordon gets injured, we have no one to step in who's even close to that. That was before we signed Xander Clark, so it's slightly changed, I think, with that. Right now, the concern would be if Shankland Gets injured, you know. If, if we hear that Shanklin gets injured um, in training or in the next game and he misses the rest of the season, I mean, we're fucked, aren't we? Basically, <laughs> I mean, that's, we obviously we're not going to expect we'd have another player who could step in who would be as good as Shanklin because he's arguably uh, our best player. But yeah, do we have someone who could even play that role? Who's available right now? Who is even could fill it remotely?
1: Not, not really. I, I think. If, we're not screwed right now if that was to happen, but we are on the 1st of February. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's January. When the January try. transfer window closes, and then we, we're left with free agents um, and who, who've yeah. probably not been playing for, for a while. Because there's very few players in Europe whose contracts expire at the end of January. Most go through to the summer. So to get free agents, you're basically getting players that have either ripped up a contract with their club or haven't had a club. Since last summer, and there are players out there. I think uh, the Heart Standard or Evening News did a piece this week about that. So, yeah, we're, we would be screwed, and we'd have to we'd have to cough up um, this month if that was the case to somebody somewhere. Um, and if it was after that, then <laughs> yeah, we're in trouble. Let's let's
0: hope it doesn't happen. So uh, let's just um, we'll crack on. We'll we'll go through it player by player, and we'll get our thoughts on this. Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Okay, so I feel like um, I feel like I'm going to read out the Hearts team on a match day well, It would be nice if it started with this player but I, So number one in the Hearts squad will go in numerical order, it's Craig Gordon who is still Hearts club captain, he turned 41 on Hogmanay Uh, 277 appearances now over his two spells But hasn't played since Christmas Eve 2022 Contract up at the end of the season Ken Moody says he's injury prone I don't know if we all agree with that side of things But where does he sit in your team? Scott, is he a starter?
2: He's certainly one of two options that I'd like to keep for that position I, f- I think just now Xander Clark's done nothing to suggest that he should be removed from that spot, and I think it's a it's a man management obstacle for Stephen Naismith to sort of navigate on a week to week and month to month basis, especially the the Euros coming up, and naturally the two of them are, are jostling for places for that <laughs> squad as well. Uh, but so far he's, I think he's done a good job with it. I think he's interviews and the praise that he's given Clark deservedly so over the last few weeks has been warranted. So I'd I'd be happy with them with them both staying.
0: So I think what what we're saying with potential starters so that's why I kind of added potential is that I'm not saying that you categorically say this player has to is the first pick in his position without fail, but someone who would you'd potentially happily start in yeah, the team. Yeah, definitely. definitely. If you needed to be he'd be first pick. As opposed to a squad player you would say that they provide depth, but ideally they wouldn't be first pick in their position. Whereas I think Gordon could be first pick in his position still. Despite being forty one, um, you know, when he's back in the team, I don't think I don't think too many will have too many qualms about Craig Gordon being a starter again if that is the case. But you you make a good point that Xander Clark right now has done well recently. So um interesting battle there. Do you do you think we will see Craig Gordon in the month of January? in a position on the field playing Mark Donaldson.
1: Yeah, he'll start against Spartans. Now, whether or not he plays against Dundee, not sure, but from what I'm led to believe, he's optimistic that he'll start that game. But, I mean, the likelihood is, Hearts should keep a clean sheet in that. Does that mean he gets straight back in? It's a difficult one. Scott's right. Xander Clark's done absolutely nothing wrong. For me, you start your best players. But how do you say to Xander Clark we're bringing Craig back in when Xander's done, done nothing wrong and there's been pressure on him and he's he's done fine? Um, that's one to monitor and like, the only conversation I've had with Craig recently is where to go in New York because that's where he was over for a few days because the rest of the, the mob went to Dubai the boys and their, their families and Craig took his family to, to New York. Um, so we've not spoken about any hearts related things. I, I just wonder if if he seeks clarification from Stephen Naismith in that if Xander Clark continues the way that he is right now and is playing well, and Craig's not going to get any game time, the one thing Craig wants more than anything else in the world is to go to Germany with Scotland. And if Craig doesn't get any guarantees, and I don't think Stephen Naismith can give him any guarantees right now, that he'll be back in the Hearts team. If you were Craig Gordon, would you look at a loan? Just a short-term loan. So you're playing again. Again, that's, that's, I have not had that conversation with, with Craig. It's just, it's me trying to put two and two together and find out if Xander Clark's playing well, you don't drop him. But Craig Gordon needs to play to get into the Euro squad. And if he isn't going to be playing and Naismith can't give him any guarantees, then I don't know. That's, that's but, one, it's one to watch. I think he'll play that's against Yes, Yes.
0: Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, We've got a few players here, so I want to want to crack on with some now. I, Frankie Kent is um, number two, obviously signed a three-year deal in the summer. Twenty-eight appearances now. I, I think he's been signing of the season from a heart's perspective. So I don't think there's even any need to dwell on that one. I think we all think he's a, a first pick, a starter. You can stop me in some of these if you if you if you object. Um, Stephen Kingsley, obviously number three, twenty-nine. He's contracted until. 2025, so still under contract. I mean, his 125th appearance against Livingston, I think he's now established himself as a, a starter, a potential starter in that Hearts team, um, unless anyone has any objections to that. He'd one.
2: be more a squad for me.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Just be, just because I consider the two players in his two favourite positions to have more... Sell on value. I'd want to get more game time out of roles and Cochrane. So for me, Kingsley should be a very, very able deputy in those two positions. Uh, and it's not taking anything away from him, but if we're a club that are serious about making money on players, I think we have to look at the development of Cochrane and Rolls.
0: Fine. I I would definitely rate him a bit higher. I guess it does depend if you if you go to a back four regularly, I think it maybe poses that question a bit more, it's a difficult one, but that's, that's an interesting one Um, Craig Halkett obviously Hearts number 4, 28 now, 114 appearances, now we know he has been offered a contract just 5 appearances though for Hearts since Christmas Eve uh, 2022 as well, after that injury also an injury prone one highlighted by Ken I think that's a bit fairer in terms of Craig Halkett, now um, I'll dwell slightly on Craig Halkett, where do we where do we see him? Uh, a starter for me.
1: Yeah. Okay. If, 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 if he, and he needs to play regularly to get back to where he was because the only thing that's going to help get him back is match match fitness.
0: Okay. No, fair. I agree with that. I think there are concerns, but if he is going to be available and we're going to keep him, then um, potential starter. Yeah. Peter Haring, um, the Austrian, turns 31 in the summer, 129 appearances now, made his first start since September against Leonard. Contract contract up at the end of the season, yeah. I think the, the general consensus here: Peter Haring is surplus, and it's not in a um, not in a negative way as such in terms of what he's done for Hearts. I think um, you know he he was a very good player for Hearts when he was um, when he was at the height of visibility. I think he's obviously dwindling slightly now. When, you know, playing in that cup final, when he was nowhere near ready. I think has obviously impacted him quite a bit but I think I'll largely look back on Peter Hanning as a positive player for Hearts
1: when he does go hugely, hugely, I think bringing him back for that cup final in, what was it, 2020 or 2019, what was the Craig Levine one, 2019 when he probably took an yeah. injection and played yeah, that probably set him back but needs must at the time And oh, great servant, but no no, he's he would be in the way of, of others right now yeah
0: so I think he will go, but with our, with our best wishes when he does leave. Um, Benny Beningame starts number 6, 25-year-old. Also, like Halkett, has been offered a contract. Just the 43 appearances for Hearts deal up at the end of the season. Now, he's got to be a starter, hasn't he, Scott? But the question will be, can we keep a hold of him?
2: Yeah, uh, 100%. I think you you're effectively building your team. Around individuals like him, given his age, given the impact he's had on our on our results when he has been available, uh, ultimately, I'm I'm not quite sure how far off the club are in sort of tying him down. Uh, there's not been a lot of chat about it, but but yeah, uh, I'd I'd like to see him stay.
0: Certainly would be the case, I think, for most again. Messages we were getting generally putting Benny Beningamy as a starter, I don't think many would argue with that. George Mm -hmm. Grant's an interesting one here, so he's 29, 55 appearances, he's still under contract till 2025. Now, looking at messages, Ken said move on with George Grant, said he would be surplus, but Grant Haddon um, in his email said probably one of our more technical players, and he had him as a, a starter. And then we've got another one with Jordan who messaged us saying he's a squad player. There is a player in there but he's not playing every week. So we've got everything there from starter squad to surplus. I, I, I'm I, always a bit torn on George Grant. He'd be squad for me but... Um, he's a, he would be he's surplus for me. Surplus, okay. uh,
2: Yeah, I'm thinking about what he offers compared to what will probably be a decent wage given we signed him from a a club that had just went down from the championship, uh, I think he'll be on a decent, a decent amount of money. Uh, I I agree with a lot of people who who quite like him in that free role. I think the runs that he makes off the ball are normally quite intelligent, but he's never been productive enough with the ball at his feet for me. That's always been my my sticking issue. I think. I, an incredibly gifted player. I, I think he's a, a very good footballer, but it just hasn't quite worked out for him at the, at the club. And I, I think, you know, the, the time's come to maybe just, you know, cut ties.
0: Okay. That's fair. I, I, I'm sure a few will agree on that. Did you ever, ever feel what his best position was in the end? Like I, that, I, th- I think the number 10, 10 yeah,
2: I, I think potentially when he first came in, I thought that he could have been the, the sort of backup for Barry Mackay, maybe playing out that wide left position and, and cutting in as well. Uh, but the more I saw of him, I, I would definitely say a number 10. I think the issue is it's he's, he's been a bit unfortunate. I, I think he, he's had little knocks. He's had red cards that were deserved. He's received red cards that haven't been deserved. He's... He's then sort of managed to fight his way in the team at times this season, but then he's pulled up with another little injury after, you know, putting in a really good shift at Parkhead uh, last month. So there's there's been factors that have kind of went against him as well. But I just think given his age, again, what I assume will be his wages as well, I just think that they could be better spent elsewhere. Okay,
0: fair enough. Uh, let's look next, we'd be Callum Newenhoff. Obviously, a, a summer signing for Hearts, a four-year deal he joined the, the club on. Only 22, turns 23 next month in February, 20 appearances now. Um, Jimmy M said, as a general observation, partially through this exercise, but partially through playing last year's football manager, which was broadly the same squad, our issue is overstocking um, breadth uh, bread in some areas. Example, Marge, uh, Marge. <laughs> just called Mark Marge, mentioned Calum Neuenhoff doesn't appear to offer anything different to previous options. Um, what do you feel about Calum Neuenhoff, Scott? Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that.
2: I, I think the signing from the off has always had an air of just being a bit of a sort of strange and redundant signing. I, I think if you were to... Let's say we go with the, the mantra we were saying earlier about having two players to one... Uh, each position in the squad. Let's say you had two sixes, two eights and two tenths in your squad under our current sort of system. Benny's going to be in there as a six. Cami and Denham would probably be in there as eights. And then tens you'd be looking at the likes of Grant or, or Lowry as, as things stand. So for me, Neuenhof, it, it it's not even about whether I rate him as an individual player or not, I just don't think there's ever been a space in the squad for him, and I don't think he's came with any particular skill set that's different to what we already had. So it's just it's just a really strange signing. I mean, given given the fact it's a four year deal, it's going to be difficult to make somebody like that surplus. It might be that we do have to maybe send him out on a development loan and, and see if we can get his confidence up elsewhere. But to me, just now, I, I, I'd be saying surplus just now.
0: Yeah, so certainly Callum Newenhoff isn't one who has um, set the heather alight so far. I, I would have got Mark, or as I called him there, Marge. Um, Marge Donaldson's thoughts on Callum Neuwenhoff. However, Mark has had to dash and leave us, unfortunately. So he will not be with us for the rest of the podcast. Um, uh, I'll, I'll let you dream up at home the reasons for him having to leave early, but he's uh, dashed off. He was going to try and tune in from the car, but we're we're not going to let that happen because it just ends up nonsense. So we'll carry on. And we're at number nine in the team, uh, Scott. So I don't even think this one needs much uh, <laughs> dwelling <laughs> over. Lauren Shanklin, 28 years of age, 46 goals and 75 appearances. Contract still until 2025. Obviously, lots of rumors going about with him. Um, interesting, I heard Joel Sked um, on the Heart Standard suggest he has a, a gut feeling that Lawrence Shankland will sign a new deal. He said it's not based on any inside knowledge whatsoever, but it's his feeling. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, would, it's. I would like to have that feeling. Yeah,
2: it's a possibility. I mean, there's always that. I mean, we've, we've done this, we create Gordon many years ago now, back in 2007, didn't we, where he he signed a really lucrative deal. Uh, You know, we paid him probably more than the the average player was making at the time, but there was always that understanding that there was a release clause inserted in the the contract where if a, a team would offer a certain amount, then we wouldn't stand in his way. And I think there's the the possibility that we might do that with with Lauren Shanklin, where we we sit him around the table, we advise him that, you know, we understand that he'll probably want to go. Uh, We also understand that we want to try and make the most that we can out of him, but for both parties, it would be best for him to stay here and, you know, cement his place in the Scotland squad for the summer and it'd be good for us to obviously try and clinch that first spot in that automatic European group stage as well so it could be that you know we maybe sit him down, offer him five figures but know that we only really have to pay that for you know four or five months and he's, he's potentially away in the summer for a for a good fee so there's yeah I, I think it's a, a I can understand where Joel's coming from If he thinks that there's a deal on the table, I can't imagine there being a deal on the table that wouldn't have some 40 release clause in there. I'd be very surprised if he just... I I mean, unless it's, you know, silly money. Unless unless we're really throwing, you know, silly money at it. But I I can't see that. I think there's a potential for a deal to be done, but probably with one or two caveats uh, in there to allow him to engineer a move if he does want to leave in the summer and if there is significant interest from potential clubs.
0: Absolutely. We'll keep an eye on that one. Number 10 is of course Liam Boyce who um, has extended his contract of course when he was out uh, until 2025. Over 100 appearances now for Hearts. He is 31. Um, Another one that Ken put down is injury prone which is Fair to an extent he's had some injuries with hearts. Um I think he's probably it was clever business, wasn't it, to keep a hold of Liam Boyce. I would imagine. He's not under the under the any illusions that he is gonna be an automatic first pick up until the end of his contract. I think yeah. we need to look at other options, certainly with his age and the fact he has been out a few times, but he's such a an experienced player, such an intelligent player that um, it makes a lot of sense to keep him around. and I just I wonder if you would rate him as a potential starter or if he would be leaning more towards squad now. I'd, I'd be leaning
2: more towards squad. I, I think the good thing about Liam Boyce is it doesn't really matter how much older he gets because he's never had any blistering pace to lose. So all the things that he's really good at, he won't lose with, with age uh, or, or lack of game time, to be fair. Uh, I think it gives the impression, just, just purely because he's someone that, that seems to be there even when he's injured. He's, he's clearly quite an integral part to the bonding process within that squad. He's now been there four years. You know, if, if Peter Haran leaves in the summer, as I think most of us would expect him to, then Liam Boyce will be one of the, the more senior members of that squad. So I think he has a place on and off the park. Uh, and, and I think from his point of view, If he were to leave Hearts, his career trajectory would would only go down, I would imagine, in terms of statutory club and also potential earnings as well. Uh, I'm not quite sure what he'll be earning now, but again, he's someone else who signed for us from a championship club at that time. So, you know, earnings-wise, I think it's prudent for him to stay and I think it's a good move for us as well. Final player in
0: the 1-11 is Yutaro Oda, who signed last season, 22 years of age now, 30 appearances for Hearts. longer contract. He's up until 2026, three goals. And I'm going to assume, without too much deliberation, he's going to fit into the development category. But you just know that's what he would it's, be. It's a, it's a
2: really difficult one with Yutaro Oda. I think... If you were to do like a poll of 100 Hearts fans to, you know, give one word to them, eh, the majority would say inconsistent. Now, that's something you can level at a lot of young winners, but the only way that they can get consistency is through continuity and game time. And the way that we like to chop and change our winners, either game to game or even after 45 or 60 minutes, I don't know if he's getting that development at Hearts just now. It's a a strange one with him. There's a bit of me that's like, would you send him out on loan? Would you continue to try and just develop him within the club? I'm torn between squad and surplus for tad order. And it's it's not a reflection on him as an individual per se, but it's just a sort of vibe or gut feeling I've got about it. I just I don't know if he's kicking on just now, but again, some of that's down to a bit of lackey, consistent game time. And I think without that, I don't know if he will come on to a game. You know, if if you saw him end the last season, he got a good runny game, seemed to get confidence from that. It's not quite happened this season. I appreciate he's had he's had one or two little knocks as well that's that's contributed to that, but again we do seem quite prudent at chopping and changing certain areas of the team just now and I don't know I just don't know if that's going to hinder him uh, moving forward so I'm a bit torn between a couple of of categories for him just
0: now Yeah, I mean although he's played um, 17 times he's only played 750 odd minutes, which is equivalent to about 8 full matches, I mean you contrast that to Kenneth Vargas, who's got about double that. He's about 1,400 minutes. So, yeah, he's not had a lot of game time. We'll we'll get some thoughts of of others, I think, as well, to see how they've ranked a few different players. That's our our one to live. We'll we'll get through the rest of the squad and see what what others have thought as well. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald's Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. So, before we run through... The rest of the squad players, I'm just going to look at some of the messages um, we got as well. Just some general ones. We're going to Europe says it's difficult to give an assessment of the current squad as many of the players don't suit the preferred formation or style of play Naismith wants. For this reason, there are several talented players that would fit into the surplus slash move on section. Um, Tim Sanders says potential starter Aiden Denham, squad player Oda. Development Andy Kirk is what Tim Sanders says. I assume he means um, Andy Kirk's son, uh, Mackenzie Kirk, who's just gone on loan to Hamilton. Um, Andy Kirk, although he kind of has one of those, it looks like he could still do a job. Um, I think even Andy Kirk at the age of 44 is probably not going to be um, involved in first team football anytime soon. But it would be interesting to see how his son, Mackenzie, does at Hamilton, a big jump up from him from the Lowland League. Um, Tim also says Andy the weave holiday surplus um, and to move him on which I think most would agree with. Alistair Dobby says I'm assuming Shanklin, Benny, Kent, Cochran, Rose Halkett, Kami, Clark, Kingsley Mackay, Gordon, Boyce are seen as starter level. Not all of them by everyone. Um, potential starters. Forrest is showing enough to be seen as a starter. Cami and Denham too but very similar. Oda and Vargas fall in here. Squad players are Civic, Tagawa, uh, Civic is good enough to fill in I believe Taggart will come good. Hoff is also definitely a squad player right now says Alistair and he says development Wilson, Tate and Pollock. Kirk too but he's on loan and surplus. plus he says Arring, Halliday, Grant, Lowry Connor, Smith. If Lowry wasn't on loan he'd be squad uh, James Winter says I think we need to prioritise quality over quantity. We have too large a squad and too many players who drift in and out of the first team cut the squad size by getting rid of six or seven, bring in two or three quality uh, players and utilise the best youngsters. Um, interesting to to look at it that way. I think we have ended up with a bigger squad, I think largely with European demands, haven't we? Um, Scott, it wasn't really that way when we first came up, was it? We were quite a kind of smaller, close knit squad when we came <laughs> up from the championship, but I think with the demands of group stage football um, obviously last season the squad has ended up being a lot bigger and... Yeah I, I, I think given that we've
2: got I think it's nine players out of contract uh, this summer I think you will see a bit of a, a trimming of the squad especially given how Stephen Naismith has come across over the last few weeks in terms of talking about you know trying to integrate B team members into the squad and how he's hoping to achieve that uh, so I do think out of the nine that are out of contracts, you might only see maybe about you know uh, two or three, maybe keep, uh, being kept on. Uh, I think the vast majority will probably be moved on at that stage. So, it'll be interesting to see you know how how the squad looks uh, come sort of July, August of this year. Uh, yeah, I understand where where people are coming from with that. It's it's a hard balance to strike, isn't it? Because we all want to see youngsters coming to the team. But we're we're in a bit of a a strange position. I think Hearts and Hibs and Aberdeen are all in this kind of pot of we don't have that success that Rangers and Celtic have, but we do have our own sort of high expectations of being in that yeah. sort of third position. Yes, and teams think,
0: competing for one position effectively.
2: Yeah, and I think that means that you do see us Aberdeen and Hibs maybe taking less risks. Uh, with their youngsters compared to, say, you know, Motherwell have done recently with the likes of Lennon Miller or, you know, the, the likes of uh, Campbell and Turnbull in, in seasons past. So I, I, I do have, I've got some sympathy for hearts managers when it comes to this because I think it's it's very hard to really strike the balance and be responsible with players. You know, I, I, I've seen other Hearts managers just throwing youngsters for the sake of saying that they've done it. And I, I don't think that's the way to go. I think they do have to be ready. And and I think ultimately, if you look at how players careers have went after they've left Hearts, there's only one or two where you could say they left, you know, we let them go too early uh, over the last 30, sort of 10, 15 years. So it's not like we've been consistently refusing to play players and, and they've went on to sort of do things at other clubs. You know, Josh Doyd's obviously a, a, an example, but even there, you could say, well, Aaron Hickey was competing with him for that that left-back slot, so even yeah. even that has its own sort of uh, consideration to, to give to it. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's, it's a hard one. Uh, I would love to see more players for the B team come in, but I think you've just got to trust that both Stephen Naismith and Liam Fox will, will work closely together and when the time's right, those players
0: all, all get their chance. Right, I'm aware time is against us, so I we'll, we'll want to try and get through everyone. But you know, Michael McGovern's obviously next in the list, number twelve. Turns forty in the summer. Purely signed as a as a as a squad player to make up the numbers with goalkeepers. So I don't think we need to dwell on him. I think he certainly no. will be a surplus at the end of the contract. It made sense at the time. You had to make a yes. side and that was uh, that was fine. Number 13, God, I hate the fact he wears number 13, Nathaniel Atkinson. But I am I'm, I'm very fond of Nathaniel Atkinson. There was a point where the right-back looked like he was going to be surplus. And I certainly think there was a point where the club were maybe looking to move him on. But 24, still contracted until 2025, 61 appearances now for the first team. Nine caps for Australia as well now away at the Asian Cup. Ken said surplus or move him on. I certainly don't feel that now. I think he's actually... Um, a big part of the team. I don't know if you feel differently, Scott.
2: He plays with his head down a lot. I, I, I don't know. Like, I've I've always been a big a big admirer of how brave he is on the ball, and I'll never knock him for that. And I think in one-on-one situations, he can defend his area pretty well when the game's in front of him. But I've not seen him improve from a positional sense. I've not seen... um learn how to lift his head in those tight situations and he he tends to run into cul de sacks quite a lot. I just think he's a good backup but for me, I think there is better out there and I think we can afford to get better as well.
0: Okay. I certainly think if he wanted to play a back four, it makes it slightly more problematic as I'm not a huge fan of him being right back in a back four. But I'm I'm very fond of him playing in the right side when we play a current... Pack three, so it's an interesting one because I think Kingsley and Atkinson for me are first picks in our current system, and I like them both how they perform in it. But I, I get where you're coming from in that, and I think some people would would go with that as well. And some said surplus, moving on. Um, Cammy Devlin now turns 26 in the summer. Two caps for Australia, 88 appearances for Hearts. Hart. Oh, only eight league starts this season, though. Now Scott Jackson said Cammy Devlin is a concern as his, his, indis- his ill-discipline in pressing and not focusing on working in a consistent midfield unit goes back to the Snodgrass days and Naismith is not happy with him in his discipline with this regard. Um, so what do you think about Cammie Devlin? Because at one point he was uh, the kind of cream of the crop at Hearts after he first signed and right now he's um, struggled. I know he's had his injury issues but even when he was fit didn't seem to be a first pick for Stephen Naismith.
2: The ill discipline comment, I think, is potentially a little bit harsh. So he's had one red card in two and a half seasons. Uh, now, he has had a few yellow cards at the start of the season, and I appreciate that given his robust style of play...
0: Is it more the saying that the, the, his lack of discipline in terms of position and pressing, in terms of maybe... <sighs> I think Naismith, and I think we've alluded to this before, that Naismith hasn't been happy with him. It's been visually, I think
2: visually audible, more on the ball. Though.
0: unhappy with his, you know, maybe not sticking to the plan or just chasing everything down without, uh, I guess, thinking about it as much as the manager would like. I think it's
2: probably more his attributes on the ball rather than off that's potentially turning Naismith off him. Uh, so, my own personal... Uh, Take on Cammy Devlin is he's a starter for me in terms of I think that him and Benny have the best balance when it comes to our midfield options just now because I think that I think that Devlin does have the discipline to sit back and allow Benny to take a more advanced role as well and I think there was examples of them developing that partnership during the, the first year that they came to the club. I do understand though the concerns that some fans have about him and I also appreciate that he's not overly fancied by Naismith just now so although I personally would say as a starter within the current conditions I think at best he's probably a squad option for the club just now but for me personally he would start for me
0: Okay, I'm going to fire through some more um, again Jump in if you disagree. Kai Rolls, 25, contracted until, until 2028. Got to be a potential starter. Um, oh, oh, you, you... no, no,
2: no. no. I was just going to say the only issue with, with Kai Rolls comes when there's a potential change in the system. Uh, but if if we okay. continue with the three, then yeah, he's a starter for me because he's one of the few players that we can potentially make money out of.
0: So if we move to a back four?
2: Who's that your, then becomes a bit of a tricky issue I suppose maybe we Halker or Kent next to him, it might be different I think obviously last year him and Sibic both suffered from there being no natural talker or leader in the back four, uh, so it maybe would be different and he, he has played in back fours in Australia and equipped himself well as well but he certainly seems to suit playing left side of F3. Okay.
0: Okay, uh, Andy Halliday contract up in the summer, again he's of the first ones to be surplus and you know, similar to Haring I think everyone knows That that's the case 109 yeah. appearances He's he's done his bit Won't have any ill feeling But I think Time to go And it sounds like Maybe in January as well We know Livingston Have been linked His previous club um, Alan Forrest I'll probably dwell on him Very slightly 27 year old um, Almost on 70 appearances Now for Hart Six goals His contract is up In the summer There are suggestions A new deal will be In the offing Both Naismith and Forrest Have certainly um, Dropped hints That'll be there uh, Grant Haddon actually said to move him on he said although shows good willing, uh, good play and willing runner just looks more often than not lacking in technique to require to play at this level consistently now I would absolutely have Forrest as a strong squad player and I think he's one who this season has probably probably persuaded me of that I would have said at the start of the season I would, I would have been sticking him in surplus at first opportunity but um, I think he's shown he's got worth
2: yeah, uh, I, I think the Livingston game proved that. I think if you're willing to go a bit more back to front and be a bit more direct in your style, then I think Alan Forrest has a, definitely has a place in your team or your squad. I think, again, similar to what I was saying about Boyce, I think sometimes if you look at it from the player's point of view, I think Hearts is probably representing the Zenith Alan Forrest's career without being, you know, without sounding too derogatory about that and yeah. I think any move away from Hearts would be a side move at best, so I think he'll you know, at this time of his life he'll probably be quite settled where he is and I think again for the player in the club, I think having him in and around the squad would be a, a no-brainer for me
0: Barry McKay contracted until 2025, still um, 94 appearances only seven this season, though out injured again. We've not got a confirmed timescale. It's another knee injury. A few people have it's been mentioned months, um, although it was initially mentioned as weeks. So we we don't know at this stage. Um, he's one that started to get a little bit lost, isn't he? Yeah, I'd I'd be tempted to say surplus for Barry okay. McKay. Uh, but we would need someone to um to take him on from us if that was the case. Because yes. That is true, that is true, and
2: and it maybe would be hard to shift him, Uh, but for me, yeah, I'm tempted to say, I just, I feel like whenever he's on the park, there's an over-reliance to just give him the ball, and I feel like that's been, it's like a hangover that still continued with us even under Naismith and the times that he's played under Naismith. It, w- it was a big problem under Robbie Nielsen. You know, I felt like there was such a reliance to give him the ball that people were just, you know, passing on responsibility and passing the buck on. And I've seen examples of it happening again this season when he has been available. And I'm, I just think we need a bit of a, a clean slate and, and maybe a bit of a fresh, a fresh look at our three of forward options and our sort of final third and I think because of that, I think it's maybe a good time for Barry McKay to move on
0: Um, Next up I'm surely no doubt about this one being a potential starter, Alex Cochran, 106 appearances still only 23, he's contracted until 2025 and um, my biggest concern is the fact that he's only contracted until 2025 um, after Lawrence Shanklin he'd probably be my next player that I would really be wanting to get tied down. Yeah,
2: 100%. He's a starter for me. Uh, I think he's he's showing that form that we've seen of him over the last two years. I think the last sort of, five or six games, we're starting to see him get back to his best, either at sort of, left wing back or even you know filling in at central midfield as well. <clears throat> Similar to you, I, I would love to see us try and tie him down because I think he's, he's a someone who I would imagine championship clubs would look at. I think Italian clubs would look at him because I think he would suit that style of play there as well. I think he's got that technical ability to certainly play abroad. Uh, so he's someone I hope that they are looking at try to tie down on a, on an extended deal uh, and he's certainly one of the first names on the team sheet for me. And Lewis
0: Nielsen, Nielsen I want I'm going to too much, but Jordan says about the 20-year-old development prospect, uh, apparently doing very well on loan at Partick Thistle. Um, Toby Simic, number 21, he's got over 80 appearances now for Hearts. He's still contracted until 2025. Now, some have him down as surplus, who messaged us, some as squad. Uh, I would absolutely be putting the 24-year-old as squad, but I know there's still question marks about... Where does he fit in? What is his best position? And um he had his he had a very good run last season for a period, but other than that, he's certainly had kind of ups and downs, to say the least.
2: Yeah, I I think for me, you probably take him and, and Nielsen as a pair and you, you try and evaluate them as a parent because they're probably competing to be that kind of backup for, for the likes of and Kent. I think there's an element of what we understand Stephen Naismith thinks of him at play here. So for me, I'm tempted to go for surplus because I think he is kinda surplus to requirements. I think he's only had so much game time recently because of injuries in key areas, specifically at the sort of right back and wing back roles. I don't think we would have seen Toby Sivick much if if Daddy Atkinson had been available more this season. Uh, so I think because of that, I look at Nielsen as a younger, cheaper alternative Who's had a good confident spell at Partick Thistle as well. Chris and was only raving about him last week. I think you keep Nielsen as the understudy and you let Toby Sibick go.
0: And you would probably still get some sort of fee for Toby Sibick from down downside, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, not, potentially, not yeah. Not something silly, um, given he's been fairly consistent, but he's played south of the border, he's had interest from there previously, he's big, he's physical um, he's actually pacey as well so I think he's got the attributes potentially if someone can obviously try and get that consistency out of him, try and help him improve his, I guess his constant. Yeah
2: and I really like him, I like I him do as, as, as an well, individual yeah. footballer, I just, I look at the circumstances and I just think it's. I just don't see it happening now you know, I yeah. I just think it's it'd be a good move for him uh, to get some game time. He's he's at that stage of his career where I think he needs <coughs> he he needs to feel loved, and I, I don't think he is just now. I think he's just someone who is relied upon if we're if we're struggling for for bodies in certain
0: areas. Aidan Denham, interesting one. Twenty year old uh, signed that contract which keeps him till twenty twenty six. Now just the fifteen senior appearances, but I am going to go through some of the messages we got. I think I've covered. Um, one or two already maybe but Harry Bell says potential starter Denham I would like to see more of Tate as well but important we find a better option to play with Beningame. Mike Bradley also said potential starter and he said Denham has proven to be good this season makes mistakes but he's young and these can be worked on and I think I mentioned Tim Sanders already highlighted him as a potential starter so quite a few people putting Denham as a potential starter not a squad player would you go along with that? Or do you think that's maybe jumping the gun at this point?
2: I think that's jumping the gun just now. I think, look, given how much he'll probably be earning, it's low risk. So I think keeping him around the squad is certainly a no-brainer. But for for me, Cammy Devlin would still be ahead of him in the pecking order as that kind of aggressive front foot, be number eight. Uh, but he's, he's certainly, for me, he's played himself above off, Haran, and Halliday, in terms of the pecking order. So, for me, he definitely has a place in the squad, but I still think there's a, a bit to go before he's playing week in, week out for the team.
0: Try and fire through some of these a bit more. Harry Stone um, has a contract till the summer, but with an option to extend. Currently, alone at Queen of the South, turns 22 in April. Surplus me for me. Point, surplus for me. Like,
2: right, Leah McFarlane's already ahead of him now in terms yeah. of being that next keeper for us.
0: I think if he's at League One he's about to be twenty-two,
2: and he struggled he's gonna... to get games, everywhere yeah. he's went, he's never really held down a a position yeah. any uh, during any loan spell. So yeah. that, yeah, that would suggest he's he's probably going to leave in the summer.
0: Uh, Finley Pollock, it's only nineteen deal until twenty twenty-five. He's absolutely a development player. I think some good. Um, yeah, good
2: Pollock. So yeah. I really hope he can keep himself, you know, healthy over the next year or two uh, because I do think he's the closest we've got within our current ranks to um, a box-to-box midfielder who can score goals. So, uh, yeah, I'd I'd love to keep him and I'd love to see him develop.
0: Next up, uh, Connor Smith, who's 22 next month. He's on loan at Scunthorpe United and National League North. Uh, Deal until the end of the season, option to extend, but I think similar to Harry Stone at this point, if that's where he's at, I'd I don't see it being anything but surplus. Yeah, and I, and I think,
2: the, you know, given that we signed Alex Lowry on a loan deal in a position that he can play in, I think that kind of marked his cards at that stage. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Connor Smith probably missed the boat to leave us a couple of years ago when he was on one at Queen's Park. I think that would have been the right time for him to have left us permanently. But I, I understand he's a, a big Hearts fan and he's probably tried to do everything he can to make it work. But for me, I, f- I think definitely is, is one that should be looking to go for, a, for his own sake more than anything else.
0: Absolutely. Xander Clark, um, 31, 52 appearances now. Signed a three-year deal last season, so he's still contracted until 2025. Ten clean sheets in the Premiership this season, only bettered by the very impressive uh, mm-hmm. former England goalkeeper Jack Butland with Rangers. I'm going to guess he's, he's he has to go down... As a potential starter I think at this point By that I mean Like what we spoke about earlier That's between him and Craig Gordon But as much as I think Craig Gordon's a better goalkeeper Than Xander Clark It's very tough to have two good ones So I think you've got to have The two of them around, don't you? Yeah, and there's an element He try to look past Just the next six months as
2: well And given Xander Clark's age I think you want to try And keep him happy I think for the long term so I, f- I think there's an element of that. You know, we've got to try and <clears throat> manage his game time whilst clearly trying to manage Craig Gordon's game time and keep him happy as well, which is what I was alluding to earlier with being a, a big os- obstacle for Stephen Nesmith over the coming weeks and months. But for me, he's a
0: starter just now. Okay, Odell Ofaya. We know he's um, back in Brighton. It doesn't look like he'll play for Hearts again, so we don't need to go into that too much. Uh, Kioski Tagawa summer signing, 12 appearances turns 25 next month, he's contracted until 2027 Um, Mike Bradley says squad player, Tagua clearly not match fit so needs more game time but quite a few have put him down as surplus kind of tricky at this point but it's a bit of a concern isn't it Scott that someone who is about to turn 25 who had plenty of experience in Europe just hasn't really shown us anything yet
2: yeah, I think there's probably there's there's probably elements of him not settling <clears throat> off the park that's probably having a, a big impact on on what he's trying to achieve on the park. I, I'm I'm tempted to go with surplus. There was always a bit of a concern <clears throat> when you looked at his goal return, and I know that people will talk about the fact he played for Japan, but the equivalent of him playing for Japan was Robbie Stockdale going with Scotland to Korea for the current cup about 20 years ago. like it's, He, he was involved in friendlies where just about everyone gets picked. Uh, so I wouldn't put too much stock into that. He's not someone who's had a great goal return so far in his career. The clips I watched of him, it seemed that teams were getting more out of him coming in from a sort of deeper position on the yeah. left. And I don't see where he fits in in, in, in our system with that sort of skill set. So again, there's a, similar to Neuenhoff, there's, there's that element of, I don't want to beat on the player. It's more the, the thinking in the recruitment itself that I'm probably a bit more perplexed by rather than him as an individual. From various people that I've heard from, there seems to be going reports of him in training. It wouldn't be the first time I've heard that about a player who's in struggle to transfer that on the pitch. So, so yeah, at, at this current moment in time, I'm tempted to go with surplus. And again, I'm probably thinking of, you know, freeing up money that we, that we can then potentially try and use elsewhere.
0: Mackenzie Kirk is next in line, and we've mentioned it already. He's certainly a development player. He doesn't turn 19 until next month, one senior appearance. But hopefully the Hamilton loan will, will work well for him. Uh, Alex Lowry, number fifty-one, on loan until the end of the season. Seventeen appearances so far. Jordan says a surplus. Lowry has been poor, not worked out for anyone. Um, I think poor is maybe a bit harsh, but he's certainly been inconsistent. He's not shown enough quality on a on a regular basis. Um, I think it's just one of these. It's hardly even call it surplus. I think at the end of his loan, he will return to Rangers, and I think yeah.
2: Uh, I, I is harsh. I think, unfortunately, that area of the park is the one that we've just not quite managed to get clicking underneath so far this season. And I think we've asked quite a lot of him, <clears throat> given his relative inexperience in the first team. So I think the loan probably hasn't worked out as well as, as we in Rangers with the light. I think he'll hopefully have learned a, a lot of lessons from it, which will... Hold them in good stead going forward. But I think from what I've seen so far, I've not seen anything to suggest that we should be looking to, to do any business eh, past the summer. But again, not all down to him. I think a lot of it has been down to the fact that we've, we've struggled as a collective unit. Eh, so we, we, in possession, it's not just been on him as, a, as an individual.
0: Finally, number 77, Kenneth Vargas. Another player who's on loan until the end of the season from Herediano in his native Costa Rica. But just 21 and with an option to buy. 23 appearances, 3 goals. Um, Jordan says potential starter. Vargas have seen enough of in the last few weeks to suggest he could nail down that position next to Shankland. We've heard that a couple of times now with some of the feedback we've got. So... um. What do you think, Scott? End of this deal, are we splashing some cash and keeping Kenneth Vargas?
2: This is a tough one. I think there's a bit of recency bias that goes towards some people suggesting a starter. I think if you'd asked this question two weeks ago, I think it would have been steering more towards squad. Uh, I mean, it depends on the, the terms of the deal. You know, if, if, it's, if there's not a huge outlay, then I would certainly understand the... The desire to keep him and, and see if we can further develop him. Again, though, if you think about what I was saying about Yutaro Oda earlier, I'm a, I'm a bit worried that you know, Vargas sort of falls into that similar sort of category. But yeah, I, I've seen enough out of him to suggest that he's, he's got something to offer. So I think at this stage I'd be saying squad.
0: Okay. So I, th- I don't think it's ever been confirmed it's just been said there's be a six-figure fee in place you know you would you would guess it's gonna be a low six-figure fee but obviously we don't know for certain nothing's ever been um confirmed i think some of the tabloids put it at around the two hundred fifty thousand mark if that was to be believed would you think that would be a worth worthwhile outlay or for a club of our size with our general spending, is it maybe too much for risk? It's potentially too much because our. And again, that is that is just purely pulling out something that was put in the tabloids as a figure that could be
2: complete. Yeah, I mean, for me, our budget will go down slightly this summer given the, the sort of reduced time in Europe this year. So I do think we need to sort of take that into consideration So yes, yeah, it will depend on the, the terms And obviously what he does between now and May But sure. I think given what I've seen of him so far He's someone that I would like to see stay Because I think there is something there
1: Okay,
0: fair enough I mean, That brings us to the end of them And I think the, the main thing that is, jumps out for me Is I'm not going to go through what everyone said For every position But from, from what we've got with, with Scott With his um, very, very harsh criticism. Um it, I think we've only got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe nine that could be potential starters, and two of them were kind of pretty maybes. Um what we got? Gordon, Clark, Kent, Halkett, Beningame, Shankland maybe Devlin, Rolls, Cochrane. I think what's very evident there is um we need more forward thinking players that are gonna be a nailed on first pick, which hopefully um hopefully we can ad- address in this transfer window or maybe the next. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. You're listening to Scarves Under Funnel. We're sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald's Signs, who've been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. And I think we are just about at the end of the show. I was just thinking before we go, maybe um a little bit of homework I started this episode by mentioning the um going to have to try and say it again the sesquicentennial, centennial um, ses, ses, sesquicentennial, anniversary um sesqua, yeah hundred and fiftieth anniversary of arts there's obviously a few things the club are doing but what what could we do to mark the hundred and fiftieth anniversary? What would you do? What could you do? Something fun, something grand, something out there. Any suggestions? Tweet us at Around the Funnel. Email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Again, like the transfer rumours, feel free to be realistic or just be out there. Extraordinary. Find, think of something crazy we could do. One hundred and fifty years. Um, I was thinking of 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 transfers as well when we got to number seventy-seven. Um. I recently started a new fo- game of football manager and went with Hearts, and I made one signing in the transfer window for this season, and it was Jesse Lingard. <laughs> yeah, God, signed him to play inside left, inside inside winger on the left side. Um, so he's kind of pushing Barry McKay out. So it's the only player I brought in. Um, I know West Ham had them training again, but I take it none came at that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I just, I couldn't really find any anyone, and it was getting towards, yeah, just getting towards the start of the season. You know, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a bash. It's not the usual type of player I sign in it. I usually try and find someone a bit, um, a bit more out there, try yeah. to uncover someone. But I was like, you know what, I'll give it a bash. Gave him number ninety two as well. Let's see he was um, born. So there you go. There you go. That that'd be an interesting rumor, wouldn't it? <laughs> see Lingard. There we go. I'll th- I'll put that in the rumor mill for next time. See what people think. I see um, if anyone bites. <laughs> if anyone bites. Um. Anyway, thank you for tuning in, Marge Donaldson. Thanks you as well, even though he's um off and didn't see this one through. But we will be back next week to talk more rumors. And next week we can actually preview a game as well because it'll be ahead of the Scottish Cup match away to Spartans. So that will be good. Um, until then thanks for tuning in um, and get in touch with us on the usual channels if you want goodbye